Welcome to the Money and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Nelson. My mission to empower millennial couples to make money moves that won't just improve your financial health, but strengthen your marriage as well. In this podcast, I share stories, tips, and tricks, both from my experience as a certified financial planner and from my own marriage, to help you and your spouse kick financial anxiety to the curb and use your money to create the lives you love together. Let's get started. So in last week's episode, we walked through the five qualitative measures that you can use to measure your your financial progress over the course of the year. And one of the things we talked about in that episode was clarity, right? Where Where's your money today and where is it going? And, and that's the one I want to dive into in this week's episode here, talking through five ways you can imp- imp- improve the clarity you have around your family's finances. You know, managing money as a couple is much easier to do effectively when you actually know where it is and where it's going, right? That's the kind of t- I level takeaway here. We're going to run through five strategies you can use to really um, increase the clarity that you and your spouse have when it comes to the way you manage money together, right? Even if you're not the the one who, or, you know, even if one spouse does a lot more of the day-to-day stuff um, in terms of managing your money, like one spouse is always going to have more clarity than the other, I would argue, but you want to make sure that you both kind of know what the picture looks like um, so that if something were to ever happen to you, or you know, even just like as you're trying to make progress on a day-to-day, month-to-month basis, both of you kind of know what's going on. Um, some of the stuff in this episode is a little bit more um, basic, I guess, for lack of a better term. I, I think some people who listen to this are going to be tempted to skip this episode because they, they feel like they, they have pretty good clarity. They don't need to worry about it. But I'd still challenge you to give this a listen anyway. I'm going to try to keep this one a little bit shorter than, than the last few have been. Um, because I think that there is, there, there's likely going to be one takeaway for everybody, right? Regardless of the shape you're in financially when it comes to this. So five ways to improve the clarity around your finances together as a couple. Um, first thing I'm going to invite you to do, pay attention to your, like what I'm going to call the legacy individual accounts that you have, either you or your spouse, right? By by getting a better understanding of the the individual accounts you have off to the side that you've had for a while before you got married and what they're doing today, how you're using them. Uh, Take some time to just revisit all of that and making sure it's still work. That's making sure that it's still working for you. Oftentimes, right, couples I find are very good about, you know, getting married, opening joint accounts together, starting new accounts, right, routing money into them, um, running money out of them or the expenses that they're paying. Like they they get these new accounts in place that are going to serve them well going forward. But oftentimes we don't just close the old accounts behind. Like oftentimes they're, they're left. Um, and, and some of that is completely fine, right? Keeping a personal checking account set to the side to use for some personal expenses is something we've talked about a few times here before. Like that, that's a completely fine strategy to to do, um, but having too many old accounts can, can create some problems, right? Every now and then I'll, I'll meet with a couple who ends up finding, you know, 20, 25, 30,000 dollars 
lying around because each of you know each member of the couple had a checking and two savings accounts um, before they got married that they just they never completely closed out. They had a little bit of money in each of them, and when they actually pulled it all together, it was a non-trivial amount of money, right? That they that they've had sitting in old accounts that you know they, they just haven't felt like closing the bank accounts out or just didn't want to deal with it. Um, and then the, the second they did that, they, they found, oh, wow, actually, all of a sudden, you know, we, we have like more money on hand than we thought we did. Um, you know, pay, like, take some time to just quickly reset on that. Understand where, where your money is today, particularly with those legacy individual accounts, right? The, you know, the accounts you've had for, for years that you just haven't bother to go do anything with, right? Take a little bit of time and clean that stuff up, right? Simplify your overall financial life. It's fine to keep some individual accounts, right? Particularly for like personal spending, but, but just, you know, take some time to revisit your strategy there. Um, legacy credit cards as well are interesting. If you have individual credit cards, um, the important thing there is just to make sure your spouse understands what you're using them for and how often, like, you know, just like how much money you're putting on each month. Uh, you want to be careful with those, right? You, you actually don't probably want to make changes to those accounts unless you have a really, really crystal clear understanding of what your credit score is, what's driving it. And um, I, I would err on the side of not making changes to any credit cards, the individual credit cards that you've had for a while. Um, it's fine to open new ones in both of your names. Um, but moving the old like the, the the old individual accounts around can actually create some problems you know if, if your spouse has bad credit um or if you know and you know you like you don't necessarily want to be added to an authorized user on their credit card right because then that's going to help that's going to drag your credit down at least a little bit um you know it's okay to leave that individual like it, um you know you don't need to add each other as, as users on each other's credit cards per se um but you know you don't you don't yeah I, I just I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go too crazy with combining those things. I also wouldn't be in a rush to close them out either, right? Particularly if they're really old accounts, right? Part of the thing that they're that they use to to calculate your credit score is your credit like how long have you had credit for? Like what's your oldest line of credit? And oftentimes, like an individual credit card is most people's oldest line of credit. And so if you say, oh, you know, this is just an old credit card, we're not using it anymore, there's no fee, like we might as well just close it, um, that can actually cause your credit score to drop by closing that. And so long story short, um, I would not, like I wouldn't make any changes to your credit cards overall um, in the context of, of clarity anyway, but you, you want to make sure that your spouse kind of knows how to get access to that credit card, how to see what the balance is, use some sort of account aggregator so that you have like visibility into what's going on in that account, um, but you don't necessarily want to close it out the way you, you probably would for old checking and savings accounts, for example. Anyway, that's the number one, right? Just pay attention to your to your old individual accounts from before you got married and deciding how you're going to handle those going forward. Um, thing number two around clarity is budgeting for awareness. Right. If I was to ask you right now, how much money do you spend every month as a family, not just you, but as a family together, including your personal spending? The question isn't, could you tell me how much? Well, it's, that's part of the question. 
but is the number like how confident are you that the number that you you answer with is accurate right how how likely is it that you can actually tell me how much you spend every month right just off the top of your head um uh, whenever I, you know, whenever we, I build out a financial plan for couples, spending rates are an important variable there, right? And so oftentimes, like, I'll, I'll ask people how much they spend. I'll ask them to, to show me a budget. But behind the scenes, I also do do a calculation, right? I know how much my clients get paid. Typically, I ask for copies of pay stubs to, so I can see that. I know how much they're saving because I, I can see some of that going into a 401k. And, and typically, people can tell me how much they're putting into savings each and every month. I can calculate how much they pay in taxes because you know, tax rates are, are the same for everybody. Anything that's left over is spent by definition, right? If we take your income minus your savings minus your taxes, everything else is being spent. And so I, I, I run that quick calculation and I compare that to the number that they give me. And oftentimes it's off by $1,500 a month, $2,000 a month, $2,500 a month. Like there's just money missing. And so when we think about clarity, when it comes to your, your, your finances, um, I'm going to invite you to, to, to budget for a few months, not with the goal of cutting back or, or, or you know, doing anything crazy or being frugal or cheap or anything like that, but just understanding where your money is going. Um, Carl Richards, who's a mentor of mine, we've talked about him several times on the podcast, talking about him all the time. Um, he, he has this great exercise where he, he invites people, right, when they're first starting to budget to not do a budget on paper necessarily, but every time for every time you go to spend money, right, and, and swipe your credit card over the next two or three weeks, just pause, like make yourself pause for 30 seconds and just observe. Isn't that interesting? I just spent $26 at this store on that. Hmm. No judgment. Just Just pause. Sit with it. Isn't that interesting, right? You know, just trying, trying to be more mindful about where your money is going and just, and just giving it a thought is, is, a, is a really interesting exercise that, you know, to, to, to do. And you might be surprised at what comes up and what you start to notice when you, when you, when you just take some time to think through where your money is going each month, right? That's tip number two for getting clarity around your finances, budgeting for awareness, being trying to be more aware of where you're spending money. Uh, strategy number three to increase your financial clarity, um, bucketing your money, right? What do I mean by that? We've talked about it a little bit before in this podcast in the past, but thinking through how much of your, your family's income, your, your income and your spouse's income is going toward shared expenses versus personal expenses, right? I, I mean, literally, oftentimes I do recommend that couples you know, put most of their or all of their paychecks into a joint account and then kick out a portion, a fixed amount each month to cover personal spending into their their individual checking accounts. The reason I do that is to increase people's financial clarity, to help them understand where their money is going, right? By, you know, you, you see some people in the industry call it his, hers, and ours bank accounts, right? What money that comes in is ours to spend together. And then what is personal spending? But by literally actually bucketing that out um, into different pieces, it helps you get a much better understanding of what your financial situation looks like. Um, you know, the other way that you can bucket money is, is in something like a savings account. Um, if um, one of the most popular like savings accounts to use is your emergency fund, I find these days is with Ally Bank. 
um, and Ally Bank actually gives you the ability to create buckets inside your savings account, right? So that you have one savings account, but in that you can split it up into an emergency fund bucket and a travel bucket and a whole house down payment bucket and a new car bucket and whatever it is. So that literally when you log into that account, you have immediate clarity, right? On where you stand for each of those categories that you set for yourself. You also can literally have separate joint savings accounts for each one of those goals. I actually, I don't recommend that people commingle all their savings into one bucket so that you don't know what you have for an emergency fund versus all, any of these other goals. Um, splitting it up like that's a really good way to do it. Um, I don't necessarily care if you literally just have one account that you bucket into different pieces or if you just have multiple separate ones. So I think there, there's pros and cons to each, but you wanna be able to see clearly, right? Without doing any math in your head, like what you have available to you for each of these goals. Bucket your money. Right? You know, actually divide it into categories, whether it's money to spend together versus personal spending that you're kicking over to individual checking accounts, or whether it's like for your actual savings goals, how are you splitting those up? How are you dividing that? Um, either of those work really well, or I'm sorry, both of those work very well. You can do them both together. And, and in fact, I do recommend that you do. And so if you haven't implemented something like that, go ahead and give it a try um, you know, after, after you're done with this episode. Strategy number three, bucket your money. Fourth thing I want to talk about, um, and you probably had a funny feeling I might talk about this, I, I would, would guess if you've listened to the show in the past um, when it comes to understanding where your money's going. Um, work on one thing at a time. It, it, it becomes a lot easier to, to understand what your financial position is if you're only focusing on one thing at a time. If you say, right, we're, you know, put a little bit of money in retirement accounts, right, that's fixed every month, that's fine. Other than that, every bit of savings that comes in, everything we're able to save up each and every month is going to go toward paying down our student loans, right? Immediately, you have the clarity that you need to focus on the most important things that you need to focus on to know if you're doing that or not. Right. All you need to know to see how you're doing is to log into your you know, log in, see the student loan balances, calculate the numbers, where do they stand from from now versus where they were last month. Okay, great. You know, we owed fifty thousand dollars at the beginning of the month. Now we only owe forty five. We paid off five thousand dollars of student loan debt this month. Right. Clarity in terms of being able to very clearly see the progress that you're making and just knowing what to focus on to begin with, right? The problem that most people have when they manage their money together as a couple is they're trying to think through too many things at once. Um, you know, trying to save up an emergency fund and get out of debt and buy a home and buy a car, right? And have some travel goals and save for kids college and pay for daycare and all these things. Like, you know, some of that stuff needs to happen concurrently, of course, right? But as far as the big goals you're setting for yourself, um, you know, being able to focus on one at a time and knocking the, knocking them out systematically one at a time, you, you, you typically get there faster than you would by trying to do everything at once. And it's not because of the, the way the math works. It's just because by having that clarity and focus helps you be able to very clearly see your progress and helps motivate you to take that next step. Now, you, you always should be doing some retirement savings behind the scenes here. Like, I wouldn't ignore retirement at the focus area at the expense of buying a home, for example. Um, 
but you know, set how much is going to go in retirement, forget it because it's happening automatically. And then on a month after month, as you're doing those monthly money management meetings, you can then just focus on taking that next step with the debt, right? Everything else you're able to save up, you're directing toward that. That's the idea here, right? Clarity on where your money is going by focusing on one savings goal at a time. And finally, strategy number five, in terms of increasing the clarity you have around your family's financial situation, is eventually automate the transfers that you're making, or perhaps phrase better, um, automate your transfers eventually. Right? We don't want to have money piling up in your checking account month after month after month. We want to be putting it to use somewhere. Uh, it's okay to keep some money in your checking account, but pick a number and stick to it. Right? You can say, I, I, we only want we want to keep ten thousand dollars in our checking account. We don't really want it to go below that, but anything above ten thousand dollars, we're going to move elsewhere. Whether it's to investing accounts or to paying down debt or to savings accounts is up to for you to decide based on what it is you're working on right but every month right month is going to come into your joint checking account and you're going to move it somewhere some of it you might move to individual accounts to for for your individual spending some of it you might move to to retirement accounts or to investment accounts but the idea is you're going to move it each and every month or every time you get paid or however you want to do that frequency eventually you want to automate it so it's happening automatically behind the scenes. So when you think through, like, you know, getting clear on where you, what you're doing financially, it's pretty darn clear to know when it's happening automatically without thinking about it, right? You know you're saving $2,000 a month because you know you have automatically set $2,000 a month to go from your checking accounts to your investing accounts on this date of the month. You have it all scheduled, so you don't, you don't even need to think about it. It's happening. Right. Now, I say automate your transfers eventually because I actually don't want you to I don't want you to automate them right away because I want you to think about them for a little bit at first. Um, I typically recommend people do this manually for three to six months when they first get started on this financial clarity journey, if you will, because it takes a few months to get the amounts right. right? You might think you're able to save two thousand dollars a month, but you, you forgot that the car's up for registration in two months. And so that month you're going to be a little bit lower. And so you need to transfer a little bit less. Like, you know, you're going to need to adjust this. Um, it's going to take some time to fine tune it and that's okay. And that's completely normal. And so like, you, you don't want to overshoot this right out of the gate. Um, it's okay to, to ease into it. It's okay to, you know, say, okay, for the, for the first three to six months, we're not going to automate any of our savings. We're just going to do it manually, and that's completely fine, right? As you, you do it month after month, right, you'll, you'll find yourself getting into more of a rhythm. You'll make any changes that you need to make, at which point then go ahead and automate it and stop worrying about it. <clears throat> but in the, in the short term, forcing yourself to think about these things by doing it manually and, and holding yourself accountable to that through the, the monthly money management meetings you're doing, uh, is a good way to get clarity on what's possible for you to move between your accounts and then actually seeing it happen because you're doing it in real time, right? The, the process of doing it manually out of the gate is, is very beneficial in terms of helping you understand where your money's going. And then you're able to just flip the switch and it automatically happens 
and you have that that clarity without needing to put in the legwork. So that's that. Um, we covered a lot of ground. Like I said, some of this stuff is a little bit more rudimentary, but I think there's something in here for everybody, no matter where you're at financially. If you're looking to improve the clarity that you or your spouse have when it comes to the way you manage money, those are the five things I'm going to challenge you to take a look at, right? Think about legacy individual accounts and whether or not your partner can see what's going on there and whether or not you just have some money that you maybe weren't aware of sitting around. Um, budgeting for awareness, right? making sure you, you just know what you're spending money on each and every month and thinking about it a little bit. Bucketing your money, both in terms of um, you know, joint versus shared buckets of spending and just bucketing your savings to um, clearly allocate certain dollars for certain goals. Um, working toward one thing at a time and focusing on one target at a time so you can very quickly see the progress you're making against that target. And then finally, automating things in terms of the money you're saving eventually, right? Do it manually for three to six months and then start to automate. The final thing I'll tell you here is, you know, for the people in, you know, I'm directly speaking right now to the spouses who are, are the financial nerds, right? Who, who like managing this stuff. Um, you may feel like this is not a problem that you have because you're, you're on top of it, right? You're, you're, you're really into it. You're, you're in your accounts all the time. You know where everything is. You're, you're managing it efficiently. You, you might be tempted to say this is not a problem. And you might be right. But this is the Money and Marriage podcast. You know what I'm going to say? We, we need to check with your spouse to make sure that they feel that way as well. They do not need to be involved, like, you know, really doing all the day-to-day -day transfers. Like, you can, you can run point and take the lead on most of those financial responsibilities, but they also need to be crystal clear on where you're at financially and where your money is and where it's going. And oftentimes, right, when one spouse tends to take the lead on that stuff more, the other spouse is not in, always in the loop. Uh, and even if they are, they often don't feel like they are. So if that if I'm describing you and, and your spouse is the one who's not as, as hands-on with this stuff, this is my invitation from you to ask them a couple questions. How are you feeling about where our money is today? Do you know kind of what, like, or what, what questions do you have about the way our finances are set up right now and where our money is going? And just pause and, and hear what they're saying. Because at the end of the day, right, it, it's really important that they do at least know where their money is going. You gotta know that stuff and you, you gotta be aware of it. Um, so what I tell you, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, we, we talked about five things. Pick one that you wanna focus on for now. And at the end of the day, right? If, if, you, if you don't, if you're not like really excited to have that conversation with your spouse, send them to the quiz, right? Paysetterplanning.com slash quiz. It'll give you kind of the one of the five areas that you need to focus on, right, to improve your family's financial standing. It'll help you get that guidance in place and, and help them kind of see where the gaps are and what they need to do. Right? Anyway, though, but at the end of the day, right, clarity is one of the most interesting of these five C's in terms of um, its impact on your overall financial trajectory is massive. Um, it, it's pretty easy 
to get some things in place to improve the clarity piece, but we can't do that until we diagnose what the issues are and understand where the, the gaps are right now. Hopefully this episode gave you some things to think about in that regard. Let me know what you think. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Money and Marriage Podcast. If you want to learn more, you can access my favorite money exercise for free if you head to paysetterplanning.com slash money and marriage. Again, that's paysetterplanning.com slash money and marriage. Get your access today and I'll see you next time.